Good morning, church. It's great to be with you today. Today we're wrapping up our series um, on You, Inc. What an incredible series this has been, The Art of Self-Leadership. What an important topic for this time that we are in. It's incredible. I don't know about you, but I often feel like with everything happening in our culture, things are feeling a bit out of control. Yet, we still have the ability to choose how we respond to what's happening around us, how we act, what we do um, with our time, how, what we allow ourselves to focus on and to think about. Amy, two weeks ago, talked about the power of influence, talking about how we, what we put, allow in, influencing our lives, can affect what comes out, how we influence those around us. Today, we're going to talk about being people of compassion. We're going to look at two main things. First one is how a lack of compassion is often a byproduct of our crazy lives. That we will, because of what's happening in the world around us, because we allow everything going on to affect what we think about and how we feel, the byproduct of that can be a lack of compassion. And then number two is how compassion is a byproduct of a spirit-led life. That if we will allow ourselves to be led and come under the guidance of the spirit, then compassion will be a natural byproduct of that relationship. But before we get into this, let me say what an important time this is for our country. Every four years, we have the opportunity to vote, to vote for who's going to be the next president. In two days, November 3rd, it's, it's election day. If you haven't gone out and cast a ballot, made, given, you know, taken the opportunity to put your voice out there, then I want to encourage you to go and to do that. I know for many of us, you know, we took advantage of early voting and, and got in those big lines. But um, if you have not done that, please go do that today or on Tuesday and um, cast your ballot. I'll also say, what an important time it is to be part of the church. Not because it, we have an opportunity to, to make our voice heard and elect the next president, but in how we conduct ourselves during this time. Man, to be a people filled with the Spirit, to walk according to the fruit of the Spirit, to, to bear witness of Christ in how we respond to what's happening in our culture. I believe that the church is the hope of the world, that we bear witness in the way that we treat one another. When we care for the poor and the outcast, we bear witness. When we speak life and encouragement to those around us, we bear witness of Christ. When we grieve with those who are grieving, when we show compassion for those who are not like us or for those who are hurting, we bear witness of Christ. It's essential that during these times, we don't allow ourselves to get distracted. 
that we don't allow media and all the, the, the political extremes allow us to get distracted from what is most important. And that is we are witnesses called to be ambassadors of Christ. Today we're talking about compassion, being people of compassion, showing compassion, extending compassion. I want to get a clear definition of what that is before we keep going. Compassion is a sympathetic concern for the sufferings and misfortune of others. A sympathetic concern for the sufferings and misfortune of others. But it goes further than that. It's with a desire to alleviate it and a motivation to take action. That is so important. That it's not just seeing the problems out there or even feeling, you know, sadness or heaviness because of the problems out there, but it, it, it in turn motivates us to get involved, to enter in. Sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's difficult, but the compassion that is spirit-led calls us into those moments. In doing so, we share light, we share salt, we become salt with those around us. We bring, what I'm trying to say is, we bring hope to those around us. The church, you and I, the church around the world, the body of Christ, is the hope of the world. Right now, it is so easy for us to forget this. To become overwhelmed or even consumed with what's happening around us, with media, with, the, with what's going on in our culture. I don't know about you, but this happens to me often. This is confession time. I need, I need a little therapy. I can spend a, a couple hours in the morning. This is not every morning, but I can spend a couple hours in the morning looking at, at media. For me, it's reading news articles after news article after news article. Now, my morning routine is to wake up, to, my coffee's made, I set it at night, it's, it's ready for me, pour my coffee, get in my chair. I've been doing this for 20 years. Get in my chair, start drinking my coffee. Used to be open a paper Bible, now it's open my phone, and, and read a little scripture. Get, get a little of, of Jesus in me. You know, we all, we all need that when we wake up. Sometimes not as much as my coffee, but get, get a, little, a, a little bit of the word. But there are times when, and this is the confession, that I'll open the Bible app and the verse of the day is there. I read the verse of the day, and what do I do? I close the Bible app. And I, I, I swipe left, and I go to the news articles, and I begin diving in. And sometimes those things can take you down a rabbit hole, and you just get lost in news and what's happening in the world, in the, in the culture. And all of a sudden, that one verse I read is, is not you know, transforming my mind as the word is supposed to, to do, but the, the news is becoming more important in my thinking and what I'm, I'm caring about and what I'm, I'm you know, um, allowing to enter in. Maybe for you it's not about reading news articles, it's Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, if you're like my, one of my kids. Um, 
I think it's good to be informed. It's good to be connected to a larger community and to know what's happening in people's lives. You know, it's, it's even healthy, you know, to watch a funny dancing video on TikTok, right? That was pretty good, I know. But <laughs> that's healthy because it's fun. It, it's lighthearted. It's good. That's all, that's all right. But if we lose ourselves and begin to prioritize all these other things over what's most important, prioritize over Scripture, prioritize over kingdom principles, over this, the fruit of the Spirit that God puts in us, then we can, we can it's almost like giving over the keys to our identity. It's, it's, for me, it begins to compromise my mental and emotional health. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you're just spending your time consumed with other things than what's most important, a Christ-centered life, then your mental and emotional health begin to suffer. And your identity in Christ is not quite as strong. When this happens, we begin to lose perspective. We begin to have a lack of empathy in our life. And when that happens with me, I lose the ability to extend and express true compassion to those around me. I, like probably you, can get self-consumed. I could forget that others are going through a lot of stuff as well. That the, my, my neighbor, you know, might, might need a little encouragement. That I should, as much as I can, step out of myself and begin to think about those around me. Now, we are talking about self-leadership. But self-leadership doesn't mean self, being self-consumed. Self-leadership often means that we have to be about others, that it can't be about self, that we have to think outside of ourselves and recognize that if we want to be people of compassion, of empathy, if we want to be people who are led by the Spirit, then we can't stay just by looking at what's happening in our lives. We have to think about those around us. I started off by saying this, that a lack of compassion is a byproduct of being self-consumed. And we can see two expressions of this. One is that we lose ourselves in, in media, that we lose ourselves in everything that's happening around us, or sometimes even in destructive activities. We, we find ourselves doing things that we never should have even come close to. We cross those boundaries and find ourselves in, in a world that is destructive. We lose ourselves. Another one is that we focus too much on ourselves and everything becomes about us. Both of those things causes us, is a byproduct of both of those things is a lack of compassion. To lead ourselves and to fulfill God's purposes, we must pick up our eyes from what's happening in our lives and begin to ask God, what do you have for me today? Who needs encouragement? Where can, can I make a difference? How can I enter into somebody else's world? God, give me empathy. Give me that compassion 
for my neighbor and those around me. We need to be marked and submitted and fall under the influence and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Right now, more than any time, this is a time for the church to really shine, to really make a difference, for us to be the church, to be a people of compassion, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in such a way that honors and glorifies God. At the beginning of this, I also said, said a second thing, that compassion is a byproduct of the Spirit-led life. Galatians 5, this, this chapter uh, really dives into what it means to walk in the Spirit. In Galatians 5, and 23, it lists nine fruits or expressions of the Holy Spirit. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What an incredible list. That's something that we all want to be coming out of our lives. I think you can add to that empathy. You can add to that compassion. This is not a, a um, co conclusive list. It's not all, everything that comes out because we have the Spirit of God. If we will allow the Spirit of God inside of us to take preeminence in our life and to, to, to come out and make a difference, the, this is what will happen. It's interesting, this chapter. Paul's addressing um, the, the, the church in, in Galatia. And this is one of the, the first churches in his first missionary, missionary journey that he planted. And he's, he's moved on from there, and he's writing back to them because they have gone astray, at least some of them. Um, and he, so he's writing back to them, and he's, he's basically doing a few things. One, in Galatians 5, he's giving a strong warning. Like, hey, stop doing these things and get in line. Number two is not only is he giving a strong warning, like this is going to be bad for you. He's giving a strong rebuke. But third, and most importantly, he's giving us a strong exhortation to be people that don't get distracted that don't go off path and fall into the, the path of sin, sin, but who are submitted to the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit to come out of us and make a difference in people's lives. The, the chapter of Galatians 5.1 starts off by saying this, Christ has set us free. Wow, what an incredible gift, freedom. Christ paid an incredible price. He purchased us on the cross. And what he said is, in exchange for your sin, in exchange for your self-consumption, in exchange for your propensity to think about nobody else but yourself, in exchange for that, I am going to give you freedom. And I'm going to set you on a path of righteousness. Now, we know that with great freedom, no, I'm not going to quote Spider-Man. <laughs> with a lot of freedom, we can abuse it, right? Now, 
Two of my children, crazy. Ava, 16, turning 17, has a driver's license. Nate, just turned 15, is about to apply for his permit. Seriously, I need help from the Lord. Not just because we know that when a boy gets a driver's license, sometimes things can go a little crazy. So do the insurance companies. Yesterday I was talking to a friend who recently insured a, a, a new child, and it added thousands, yes, thousands of dollars to the annual insurance. And now I'm about to add another. Why do they do that? Why do young people, especially male, cost so much on insurance? Because they know exactly what happens, what our propensity is. is. When they are given freedom, they will look for opportunities to cross the line, to abuse that freedom. This is true for us. God has given us an incredible freedom in Christ to walk in, in his spirit. But often, as he addressed in Galatians 5, we will veer off the path one side or the other. As we talk about leading ourselves today, as we talk about being people of compassion, it is so important that we choose to walk under the submission of the Holy Spirit and not by our flesh. As we talk about leading ourselves today, as we talk about being people of compassion, it is, it is so important that we choose to be a people who will walk by the Spirit and not by flesh. Galatians 5.16 says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the fleshly desire desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Amen? And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And it goes on, Galatians 20 says, gives a list. It says, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, envy, drunkenness. Not a conclusive list either. These are the ways of the flesh. And so tempting often. But it, in Galatians 5.16, it says this. This is the message translation. I love this. My counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of self, selfishness. For there is a root of sinfulness, self-interest in us that is at odds with the spirit. Just as the spirit is incompatible with selfishness, and it goes on to say that these two ways of living are antithetical. In closing, I want us to remember the two things. First, is that a lack of compassion really is a byproduct of being self-consumed. That when we allow the influences of the world or our natural propensities and ungodly passions to consume us, we are unable to be a people who are compassionate. We're unable to think about those outside of our small world. 
Number two is that compassion is a byproduct of a spirit-filled life. That when we fill our minds with the right things, allow those things to transform who we are and to work inside of us as we yield to the influence of the Spirit of God, we become more compassionate. Now, some of us are naturally compassionate, and some of us have a little more difficulty in that. But the Spirit of God inside of us will give us the ability to care for those around us, no matter what your natural gifting in this area is. Jesus, of course, is an incredible example of a person who lived a life of compassion um, and someone who also prioritized their inner life. These things, you can't have one without the other. Jesus demonstrated in his life compassion in a couple ways. We see that he had compassion on the crowds, on the masses, feeding the 5,000. The, the scripture says that he looked out over the crowds and that he was filled with, with compassion for them and was moved to, to, to make a difference in their lives. Not only did Jesus have compassion for the crowds, but he also had compassion for individuals. He was moved by people's difficult situations. There was a moment where he was teaching and preaching in the town square in the synagogue, and a woman who was caught in adultery was brought to him. This, is, this was to test him at the time. And the, the, the religious leaders of the day asked Jesus, what should we do about this? And Jesus was quiet, drew near to her, and made, made this, this comment. He said, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. Wow. What a response. What a response of compassion. And then when all those who were accusing her walked away, he has a, a, a personal moment with her and says, there is none that accuse you. As we close, we have to make room for God to move in us, to, to stir up the spirit that he has given us. We can't ignore that God has called us to care for the people around us, that God has called us to be people of compassion. Now this week, um, with everything going on, I just want to encourage you, as November 3rd comes, as election day happens, I want to encourage you, don't get distracted about other things. Put Christ at the very center. Choose compassion this week. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be done. Lord, thank you that you paid the ultimate price so that we can have freedom and experience freedom in you. That freedom is not for self-indulgent, but that freedom is a freedom to be led by the Spirit. 
God, help us be people who are known by our compassion, who are known by the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We love you. God bless.